Go over a few other things as they're making their way forward. Uh, if you received a worship guide, looks just like this when you came in this morning, you're gonna, you're gonna want that because you're gonna be able to follow along on the backside with the message this morning. Take a few notes as we are studying our way through the book of Philippians. We'll be in Philippians chapter two, verses 19 through 30. So finishing chapter two, getting about halfway through now the book of Philippians in our, our study in the book of Philippians. Also inside, there's gonna be some announcements later in the service this morning. We'll highlight a few specifics there and go over some things that we don't want you to miss. But let me, let me also point out while we're just kind of stepping through a few of these things that in the backs of our pews this morning, there are guest registration cards, is what it says, guest registration. If you're a guest, if you're a newcomer, you don't normally worship with us, we want to encourage you to fill out one of these cards. And before you leave today, if you would leave this with us, there's really a couple of simple ways that you can do that. The easiest of which is later in the service today, we'll receive our offering. If you would drop that in the offering plate as it passes by this morning, if, if, if you miss that somehow, if it just doesn't happen, then you can find me or one of our other staff guys after the service today and just give us this card and, and we'll gladly uh, not only take that and, and, and try to get you connected. We'd love to connect face-to-face, whether it be this morning or at some other point in the future, just to meet you and help you as you're navigating the, 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 the many choices you have, wanting to get plugged in in the life of our church, wanting to learn more about what's happening in the ministries of First Baptist. We want to help connect those dots for you. So that's a way that you can do that. If you've joined us on the radio for our radio broadcast this morning, you can head over to our website at fbcchickasha.org slash connect and you can fill out that online web form which is essentially the same as the card that I'm referring to. We're having internet issues. It's been the morning of many many troubles and issues with internet and things. So our service is not actually broadcasting this morning streaming on uh, on on the internet. We're recording it so that we can upload it later, but we are of course broadcasting on the radio through Cool 105.5 FM. And so welcome to everyone who's joined us on our radio broadcast this morning. All right, Philippians chapter two. We're looking here as Paul is gonna be talking, using some, uh, some language, some intimate uh, language here about a couple of friends and partners in ministry that he has and ways that they served him, ways that they serve the mission and ways that they have also helped to serve the ministry of the church in Philippi, which really gets us thinking about the idea of partnership. Partnership itself, gospel partnership, is one of the key things and themes in the book of Philippians. All the way back in chapter 1, as Paul is making his general introduction in verse 5, he mentions the partnership that they shared together in the gospel. We talked about that some weeks ago as we were getting into the early parts of Philippians and studying kind of the background behind this book, that this idea of partnering together, working together to advance the gospel, we said was one of the key themes. Of course, advance the gospel, the gospel advances is really how we are we're, we're focusing our study in the book of Philippians. But again and again, we've come back to this idea of how we work together. And this morning in the message, we're going we're gonna to highlight ways that Paul said he partnered with these men for the advance of the gospel. But really what that does is it gets us thinking about ways that we work together, ways that we partner our lives together as a church to advance the gospel in our community. And that's really going to be sort of the, the main idea of this morning's message, which got me thinking about dynamic duos as I was thinking about that and processing through that. This week, there's, there was a long-awaited movie that came out for people who uh, that, that are really into like superhero movies. There was the Justice League Snyder 
cut, which was uh, sort of the original director's original vision for that movie that came out some years ago. You may have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's perfectly okay. But many of you do, and you've already watched like the four-hour movie, right? You've already taken it in. You, you've developed an opinion about, is this version better than the old version? I watched it. I think that the new version is a lot better than the old version, although uh, it's long. So get some popcorn, uh, buckle up if you're going to watch because you're going to be there for a while. You know, you're gonna, but, but it was a good movie. I enjoyed that. And I like, I've always liked superheroes. I've always liked Batman and Robin in particular going all the way back to my childhood. Was, Batman was sort of my favorite superhero of all the universes and all the different superheroes that are out there. I always was drawn to Batman and Robin. Maybe because it was... I don't know, in, in, at least in terms of my, my general memory, it was one of the first that I remember was, was, was Batman and Robin, that old TV show from way back, you remember? And they would get in fights and hit somebody and the screen would say boom or pow or that sort of, you know? I, I remember watching that show as a kid and, and that was kind of my introduction to Batman and Robin as a dynamic duo. Think of other dynamic duos though. Think of, I, I don't know who you might think of, you know, if you think in terms of the world of, celebrity we think we think of like a, a, a recent one one that's been in the headlines a lot lately has been Harry and Meghan right the royal couple has been a big deal or we think of inter- entertainment icons you think of uh, maybe you think of uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono or you think of Simon and Garfunkel or you know uh, you think of uh, think of other characters Bert and Ernie anybody remember them from their childhood right we we love partners. We love dynamic duos because really what these partnerships are about is that in, at the core of who we are, we, we long for friendship. We long for a connection with other people. We want to have people that we have meaningful, significant relationships with, that we share life with. And that's not That's not just a coincidence. We understand by God's design, we were made to have relationships. Go all the way back to the beginning of creation. The original, if you will, dynamic duo in the story of man would have to be Adam and Eve, wouldn't it? That in all of creation, you go back to Genesis chapter 2, the one thing that God said was not good was that man would be alone. And so he created woman. And, and he, he gave them to one another as partners to share in life, to share in their labors, to share in the work that he gave them originally from the beginning. We were created for a relationship with each other. Beyond that, we could even say that the most foundational, God's, God's original institution, the original institution that was created in all of human creation, certainly in in, in all of our lives as we understand, it's the family, right? That was, that was God's, that was his primary, his first institution was the institution of family. Before there were governments, before there were uh, cities, before there were municipalities and other things, God created man and woman and he put them together in a family. And I think that speaks to the idea that from our core, from our being, that we have been created for a relationship with others. And so this idea of partnering together to advance the gospel speaks to something that is really, it's it's in the very fabric of who we are. That it's not good for us to be alone. That we were made to share life together and we were made to partner together even in the work of the gospel, which we see 
as, as one of the, the key themes here. And so Paul's writing, and he's speaking to a church that he loves, full of people that he knew personally, and people that he loved. And he's speaking about other partners, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And, and, and so let's read his words here, but let's, let's keep in mind that these weren't just characters in a story. That these were, these were men and women who knew each other, who, who put in valuable time together, who spent, who spent quality time building strong relationships. And so I want you to see those relationships in the background here as we read through this. And to the best of your ability, let's understand how that frames, how that shapes what Paul is writing to the church about here, the close bond that he shares with them. And so he writes in verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy. Honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So Paul's writing here, and he, and he speaks about these two examples, Timothy and Epaphroditus. But the, the, the bigger issue at work here, really, is this idea of partnership in the gospel, partnership in the work of the gospel and advancing the gospel and working together. And I want us to see that. So let's think about, let's, let's think about it and, and focus on for just a moment these two men and their example. He speaks first of Timothy. And Paul talks about how invaluable Timothy was. Timothy truly was, we would say, Paul's right-hand man in, in the work of ministry. Timothy was not only, was Timothy his, his partner, not only was Timothy his confidant, his trusted Friend, but he even thinks of Timothy as a son in the gospel, right? Timothy was not biologically Paul's, and yet Paul thinks of him, even refers to him in this and other writings as his son in the gospel. That's the kind of close connection that they shared. And he says here, he, he speaks of Timothy's proven worth. Proven worth, meaning that Timothy demonstrated over and over again the nature of his character, the nature of his worth, his desire to advance the kingdom, his desire to selflessly serve others. He even says here that I have no one like him, no one like him who would be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Meaning, that doesn't mean that there's no one else who would care for the welfare of the Philippians. Clearly, that would... That, would, that wouldn't fit with what he writes about Epaphroditus in a, in a few sentences, right? I mean, clearly there are others around him who cared about the Philippians. Who were, but he, what he's saying is that Timothy is unique both in terms of his concern for the church, but then also in his, in his abilities, in his capabilities to lead, to serve, to minister. Timothy was a proven leader with a proven track record and proven leadership skills.
angels. And Paul's saying, I long to send him to you, but at the same time, he acknowledges, right now, in my current situation, given my circumstance, I, I need him. I need him to help further the work that's happening here. So instead, he writes, I'm going to send to you Epaphroditus. Notice the example of Epaphroditus. Now, Epaphroditus, first of all, came from the church at Philippi. So Epaphroditus was one of the Philippians. And the Philippians sent him to Paul to help minister to Paul in the midst of Paul's situation and his imprisonment. And at some point, again, we, don't, we know nothing else of the story other than what we find here and, and, and what we, we try to piece together just given these contextual clues. But at some point in his service to Paul, Epaphroditus became ill. Ill to the point that he almost died. But God spared his life. We don't know what that means. We don't know exactly what happens. History doesn't record that for us specifically. But nonetheless, we know that Epaphroditus was willing to give all, to risk all, to further the work of the kingdom. And Paul honors him, and he encourages the Philippians to do the same. Honor such men, he writes to them. Now, in Epaphroditus' case, there's a couple of things that I think are are unique and specific about Epaphroditus that, that are worth mentioning. First of all, Epaphroditus, even the name Epaphroditus sort of implies his, his Gentile background. Epaphroditus, if you look in the middle of his name, you can sort of see the word uh, Aphrodite. You, you, can, you can kind of see the connection there because his name was connected to a, a, a pagan goddess named Aphrodite, the goddess of fertility, one of the patron gods of the, of, of the Greek world. And so There's kind of a connection. In other words, here's here's the the point that we need to see in all of this, is that just essentially Epaphroditus was not Jewish. He was a Gentile who had come to faith. And so oftentimes as Paul would travel into cities, you remember this is a part of that foundational work that we did that in those early weeks, understanding the church at Philippi in the background. Oftentimes when Paul would travel into these key cities, he would begin by finding a group of Jewish believers and he would make that sort of his preaching point where he would begin to share the gospel. But when he arrives in the church of Philippi, he doesn't go to the local synagogue. He goes to a group of of Gentile converts outside of the city where he finds them sympathetic to the gospel, sympathetic to the, the, the story of God and, and pointing to a Messiah. And he begins to preach to them of the Messiah who had come, Jesus. And so from its roots, the church at Philippi was Gentile, primarily, predominantly at least Gentile, Gentile converts. Epaphroditus was among those. And out of that, his love for the gospel, his love for the church, and even his love for Paul grew to the point that when the church at Philippi heard of Paul's arrest and wanted to send someone to minister to Paul and help the kingdom work that Paul was doing through his imprisonment in Rome, they sent Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus goes, he falls ill along the way, continues to serve Uh, God spares his life, he recovers, and now Paul is sending him back. In fact, in all likelihood, Epaphroditus was the letter carrier who brought this letter from Paul to the church at Philippi. So what we know as the book of Philippians probably arrived in the hands of the church at Philippi through Epaphroditus as the actual messenger delivering this. And in all of that, what we see is this this rich connection between people who loved each other and and worked together to advance the gospel. I think the thing that is most significant about Epaphroditus 
is that he was willing, even if necessary, to lay down his life. He was willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the gospel. What an, I mean, what an, what an inspiring figure for us to, as Paul rightly says, honor. Honor such people. Think about people in your life. And this is really where I want to begin to kind of make a shift of sorts and, and move from the example of Timothy and Epaphroditus to think about how this affects us and our partnership and our work together. Think about people who have made sacrifices along the way. You know, if you look around many of the Sunday school classrooms in our building, on many of the rooms you'll find a plaque that says something and it lists the names of people. People that you and I, unless we've been around for a, a minute, we, we probably don't know who those names are. We, we probably don't recognize those names. But here's the point that I want you to understand, is that for years, for decade upon decade, People have been faithfully serving and working through the ministry of First Baptist Church so that you and I stand in the, the stream. We stand on the shoulders, if you will, of others who have gone before us, who have prepared a way. And they've handed the baton to us. And now it's our season to be faithful in ministry. It's our season to walk faithfully. And someday we'll hand the baton on to someone else. And it'll be their turn. And on and on until Jesus returns that we're a part of something that was started before us. And if God should tarry his return, something that will continue well beyond us and well after us. This week, there was a woman who was a member of this church for many years. And she's not, she doesn't live here in Chickasha now. In fact, she lives in a, another town in Oklahoma. But she sent us what I consider to be sort of a treasure trove of old First Baptist uh, odds and ends, little bits and pieces. There are pictures from the, 19, uh, the 1940s and the 1950s. There were pictures of, of, of uh, choir programs and sweetheart banquets. And there were pictures of the old building and men standing on the corner in front of a sign that was talking about revival. And Robert S. Kerr was going to be here in, in, uh, in preaching and, and speaking in revival. And there were, there were old Posters, old posters that had been printed up from revivals. If any of that stuff interests you, by the way, we'd be happy to show it to you. It's really neat and fascinating old bits of our history that we're going to add to our archive because we keep sort of an ongoing archive of these things that kind of tell the story of First Baptist. And part of the reason I love looking at all those pictures is because I have no idea who those people are, many of them. And every so often, you know, something will come up. Every so often we'll come across the picture and, and I'll go to somebody who's been in the church for a number of years and I'll say, hey, do you recognize anybody in this picture? You know, who, you know I have no idea who these people are, right? My, my history here is, is only 10 years old and, uh, and it's just not enough to, to know and recognize those faces. But nonetheless, I feel a connection to those people because even across the decades, we share together in the work of reaching Chickasha and beyond with the gospel. And I'm so grateful for their part that they played in building the ministry of this church. And I hope that someday down the line, we too will, though we may never see this side of heaven, we too will be a part of handing something off to other people that will, God will continue to use. It's that partnership that is so significant. Well, I want to look at Three ways, and, and even earlier, I'm going to give you a bonus way that we partner together that we see in this text. And in, in the years since he took over, the last few years since he took over the leadership of Oklahoma Baptists, 
Hans Dilbeck, who is the executive, executive director now of Oklahoma Baptist, has, has mentioned something about our partnership effort that I, I think is really neat. He's, he's talked a lot about how we partner together. You may not know this, but I'm actually currently, I serve as the first vice president of Oklahoma Baptist, which essentially means that, that I'm in the room to look pretty. That's the way I joke about that. Uh, that, that I'm in the room to look pretty because really the president makes the president of Oklahoma Baptist, a guy named Todd Fisher, who's the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Shawnee. He's the one that really carries all the significant weight in, in things. But if something were to happen, then I guess I would step in. So I, we joke about this, but we were at a meeting just in the last few weeks. And again, in this meeting, Dr. Dilbeck repeated this. He talked about how we partner together as Oklahoma Baptist. And he said there's, that means three things, that we partner together. He says sometimes that's an arm around the shoulder. And he says sometimes that partnership is a hand in the back. And that sometimes that partnership is a kick in the pants. And I love the way that he puts that, right? It's the arm around the shoulder. It's the hand in the back. It's the kick in the pants. It's the ways that we encourage each other and even if necessary, push each other to do all we can, to be all we should be for the sake of the gospel. Well, Paul writes about that here, and he gives us some valuable insight. The first thing he says is that we advance the gospel together through prayer. Now that, really, you have to kind of read between the line to see this one. Because he doesn't specifically, and, and I should say explicitly, mention prayer. But we know prayer was a vital part. We know that the church at Philippi had been praying for Epaphroditus. They had been greatly concerned, just as they were praying for Paul. And we know because Paul mentions it elsewhere that he had been praying for the church in Philippi. And so prayer was a foundational part of their work together. That they, they advanced the gospel together, and part of that cooperative effort was expressed in the way that they would pray for each other. And that prayer becomes a vital part of their encouragement to one another. They encourage one another through prayer. You know, we encourage each other as we pray for one another. And in fact, one of the ways that, one of the ways that we can see that most visibly is as we pray for each other. Did you know that if you ever have a prayer need that you want to express, we have a built-in way for you to share that prayer need with us so that we can then broadcast that prayer need to an entire team of prayer warriors who will pray for you and pray for your need. You can send an email to prayer at fbcchickasha.org. It's an email address that's set up. By the way, you can link to that off of our website. Along the top of our website, you just see a row of items that you can click on, and one of those links says prayer. You click on that, it takes you to a page and says, if you want prayer, click here, right? And then you fill in the prayer request. It gets emailed to us. And you may not think much of that, but every time one of those prayer requests is sent to us, we forward that along. At current, we have, we have uh, 152 unique email addresses that are a part of our email prayer chain. So that means at least 152 people that we forward those emails along to and we encourage them, hey, would you pray for this? Would you pray for this need? Would you pray for this person? Would you pray for this situation? And they're faithful to do that. By the way, if you want to be added to that prayer list, if you're not already getting those prayer emails, is a simple way that you can do that. Just send an email to that inbox that I mentioned, prayer at fbcchickasha.org, and just say, I want to be added to the prayer list. And we'll add you to that list so that you get those prayer. But that's one of the most fundamental ways that we as a church encourage each other. is through prayer. Through supporting each other. Through praying for needs that exist in our body. Throughout the season of Lent, we've been 
getting together virtually online at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. We'll do that again tonight, in fact. We hope that the internet will be back up. If it's not, then we'll figure out a way to make that happen. Uh, we'll tether through somebody's phone or something. We'll, we'll find a way to broadcast our online prayer service tonight at 6 because it's, it's something really important that we're focusing on doing together in this season as we prepare for Easter. We're praying for each other. We're encouraging one another that we might advance the gospel together. And prayer plays a huge part in that. Secondly, we advance the gospel together through giving. Through giving. And there are a lot of ways that we give. It's not all strictly monetary, though giving money is really at the top of the list of ways that we partner together. And I know people generally don't like to hear preachers talk about giving and people don't like to hear preachers talk about money, but Jesus talked a lot about money. The Bible talks a lot about money. It's something that we have to bring up again and again. And and, and why do we do that? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's because what we value, what we treasure is a reflection of where our heart is. Jesus says it that plainly. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we want to make sure that we treasure kingdom things above all else. And giving, faithfully giving, giving of our money, giving of our time, giving of our talents, our abilities and other things. But specifically giving money is is a way that we sort of force our hearts to remember how God needs to be first. I've said this before. I will preach this again and again and again. We don't give because God needs the money. You understand that, right? The reason that we, that we make such a big thing of giving is not because God needs your money. God is not broke. He, he has everything that he needs. And he has all the, all the ability in the world to direct his resources to do his kingdom work. We give because he's instructed us to give because when we go through that discipline of giving, it's a reminder to us that God needs to be first in everything. You understand, God created everything in this world. All the riches of gold and and, and diamonds and all the valuable resources that, that we think of in the world, God made all of that. If he needed more, he'd just speak it into existence. He, he lacks for nothing, and yet, in his divine design for our discipleship, he calls us to give that we might be reminded that the kingdom comes first. Remember last week I had you repeat this word, this phrase. I said, the mission matters more than me. Part of the way that we express that is by willingly making the sacrifice to give, to tithe, to put God first, because it reminds us that the mission matters more than me. And, and, and I want to talk about For just a moment, let me highlight something that maybe you know about, but maybe you don't. As a Southern Baptist church, we're actually a part of something bigger than ourselves that's known as the cooperative program. And the cooperative program is actually this this incredible design of how we partner together as a network of Southern Baptist churches to advance the kingdom. And so churches across our Southern Baptist convention designate a portion of their offerings that they will give to the cooperative program. There is no governing body in Baptist life that says, this is how much you have to give. But each church decides independently on its own. As a church, we have decided that 12.5% of 
all of our undesignated receipts will go to the cooperative program. So here's how that works. Every time you give a dollar to First Baptist Church, 12 and a half cents of that dollar goes if it's undesignated, meaning that you're not giving it to, say, the building fund to pay off debt or there's not some other. You can designate gifts towards certain things, but 12.5% of everything that's given to our budget, which we consider our undesignated receipts, goes to our cooperative giving. So we take that and we forward it along monthly. We, we literally do a, an automatic transfer of funds every month. 12.5% of everything that came in in that month is given to the cooperative program. It actually goes directly to Oklahoma Baptists, where then it's divided up, and a portion of that is forwarded along to the Southern Baptist Convention, a portion of that stays in Oklahoma, and then a portion of that goes to what are known as affiliate organizations that we partner with, like the Baptist Foundation, uh, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Oklahoma Baptist University, and these different organizations. And so... Twelve and a half cents of every dollar gets forwarded along. On top of that, two and a half cents of every dollar is given to our local association, the Grady Baptist Association of Churches. And I point in this direction because it's the building that's immediately east of our church, just across 3rd Street is the Grady Baptist Association office. And so 15% of every dollar that comes into our church goes out to the cooperative work of missions. On top of that, we give in other ways. A portion of our budget is designated for kingdom work, the partnerships with other groups like, uh, for example, let me, let me kind of just highlight the Life Skills Institute and Resurrection House, which is a local ministry that we give monthly to support. And in fact, this week we had a group of students in our student ministry that, that went and served a few days at LSI and the Resurrection House, helping get ready for a garage sale fundraiser that they were doing this week. And those, so they spent, uh, they spent the better part of two days, upward of 15 hours over the course of a couple of days, working with this church and, and, and helping I mean, this church, with this group, LSI and, and Res House, partnering with them. And they spent a couple of days working with Michigan Avenue Baptist Church as well this week. I'm really proud of our students, by the way, who gave up their spring break to serve locally. That's really, a, that's another way that we partner together in doing things like that, right? And, and so it's through kingdom work like this that we're a part of. So that when we work together, we can do more than we could ever do on our own. Did you realize you have a hand, you play a part in reaching people quite literally to the ends of the earth through giving financially to our church. Not only that, you support work right here in our backyard as well. You support kingdom work through, through our local community. And I haven't even really scratched the surface of all the ways that we as a church work and how the other 85% really works to fund the ministry that we have as a church. Suffice it to say, we do incredible things together through your faithful commitment to give. And it may not seem like much, and in fact, it may not seem like anything fun to talk about, but it's absolutely essential to the kingdom that we continue to make sacrifices, to tithe, to give, to put God first, because it's one of the ways that we advance the kingdom together. We say, you know what, we believe in this mission, we believe in this ministry, we believe in this church, we believe in advancing the gospel together, and so we're going to give our tithes to partner together that we might reach people with the gospel. First Baptist Church has been doing that since 1892, and we're going to continue to do that until Jesus returns, because we believe in gospel advance. The third way we see in this passage, by the way, the whole idea, let me back up a half step, 
The whole idea of giving is foundational to the work that Epaphroditus was doing. The very reason that the church in Philippi sent Epaphroditus to Paul was because he was carrying a financial gift. He was carrying funds that the church at Philippi had raised in order to support Paul because he was on house arrest that they might continue to do the work of the kingdom, the work of the gospel. And so they were giving financially to support Paul. And so Epaphroditus went carrying funds to help support that work in the first place. That's, that's there in the background of what's happening. And that was common throughout Paul's missionary journeys. Third, we see that we advance the gospel together through service. And this is maybe the most obvious in the text, right? Through, through service. Paul speaks of Timothy's service to the gospel. He speaks of Timothy's partnership. He speaks of Epaphroditus' service, not only to the gospel mission, but even to him personally. And, and the way that he served the church and represented the church at Philippi well. He's talking about the way that the Philippians served him. Service is, is just woven throughout. And really that even ties into what we've been studying the last few weeks, where Paul says that we should follow the example of Christ, who is the ultimate example of a servant, and that we should live as servants to one another in service to the kingdom work and servants to the gospel cause. Cause, service is it's, it's, it's everywhere in the book of Philippians because this is the point, right? We advance the gospel together through serving, through serving one another, through serving the kingdom, through serving the, the cause of Christ by willingly putting others first, as he wrote about in the earlier verses of chapter 2, by willingly following the example of Christ and putting others first the way that Jesus put us first. We serve each other. We serve the kingdom. And ultimately, we play a part in serving the greatest needs of those who are lost and without Christ. Because isn't their greatest need to be forgiven of their sin? Isn't their greatest need to find salvation and faith in Jesus? Yes, it is. And we serve that need by sacrificing, by giving, by working together to advance the gospel. Oftentimes sermons have three points, right? A lot of my sermons have three points. But there's another thing here. Oh, I'm going to call it a bonus point. I thought that was fun to just refer to this as a bonus point this morning. There's another way that we see here, a fourth way really, that's, again, it, it's, it's somewhat in the background. It's not explicitly out in front about what Paul's writing. But yet, if we look for it, it's undeniably there. That We advance the gospel together through presence. Through presence through showing up for one another, through being there to support and encourage one another just by being present in each other's lives. Paul speaks here about how important Timothy's presence was in his life. I want to send Timothy to you because I know that he will serve you well. I know that his presence would serve you well. And yet, right now, I need him. And so instead, I'm sending Epaphroditus to you because I know Epaphroditus will serve you. I know that his presence will minister to you and encourage you. And we serve each other by showing up, by being present together. One of the things that's been hardest about this last year is it's really put a strain on the way that we can be present in each other's lives. And hear me when I say this. There's no judgment against anyone who's taken a step back for a season because of a worldwide pandemic, right? It's, it's a situation unlike what anyone has known in, in any of our lives. And so hear me when I say I'm not preaching against anyone who has been who, who isn't here this morning, who stepped back for a seat. It's nothing about that. If anything, what this has done is it's spotlighted the fact all the more that we need each other. And so as we're able, as we're physically capable, as we are even 
we, we might say emotionally prepared because there's, there's, a, there's a psychological and emotional component of, of, of feeling secure and getting back to life. And, and as we are able, we need to partner together and continue to work. And one of the things I'm most proud of is the ways that we have been creative about how we could do that together inside of the last year. One of the ways that we have that we have made this a priority even in spite of the obstacles that we've faced. People who a year ago, let's just be honest, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but a year ago, how many of you had any idea what Zoom was, right? A year ago, if I had asked you about Zoom, you're thinking of like uh, a camera that goes from a wide shot to a close shot, right? That's what you thought Zoom was. Now we understand. A, a year ago, how many of us had ever watched a church service online? Maybe a few here and there, but by no means was it the norm. And yet for many, that's now become the norm. And I'm hoping for a day when they'll come back and when people re-engage, but at the same time, we get it, right? This has been a stress and a strain on all of us. And in the midst of that, what it's reminded us is that we need each other. We were made for each other. We weren't meant to live our lives alone, isolated, separated, disconnected. But we were meant to work together, to partner together in the work of the kingdom. And as we are able, we're going to do everything we can, leverage every resource, every opportunity to effectively partner together to advance the gospel. Why? Because it's God's design for our lives. I'm grateful for vaccines and and, and other means that allow us to safely come back and gather together and work together. I'm grateful that, I'm grateful just that we've gone far enough in this that we know a little bit more all the time. Even this week, there were new guidelines released about how many feet apart kids can be and there's scientific studies and things supporting all of that. And you may think it's all garbage, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not a scientist. But all I know is that the more we study this thing, the further we go, it seems like we're learning more, we're figuring things out. And I'm grateful that we are able to figure it out. And I'm grateful that we are able to work together and that we are able to find creative ways, even when necessary, to continue kingdom work. Because this much is sure The lostness around us, the need for the gospel, is not diminished by a virus. If anything, it's only heightened by a virus. We need to be reminded that there is a kingdom, there is a king that we serve, and that we're to leverage everything in our lives for his sake, to advance the gospel for his glory, that we may be used to reach people the good news of Jesus. And we do that by showing up for each other. You know who needs encouraged the most by you? Everyone you're going to come in contact with today. You will not come in contact with anyone today who doesn't need to be encouraged by you. So rather than hunting and choosing and trying to figure out, just encourage everyone around you. Be kind, be loving, be generous, be supportive, be encouraging to everyone that you come in contact with because everyone needs it. And that's a way that we can partner together to advance the gospel to do kingdom work as we pray for one another, as we give together, as we serve one another, we show up for each other, that we might advance the gospel together and reach people in our community and beyond with the good news of Jesus. I'm so grateful for a church that loves each other, that's committed to one another, 
And I want us to renew that commitment today. If anything, I want us to be, I want us to walk out these doors today with a fresh sense of urgency and a, and a, and a refreshed passion for the work that we do together in reaching people with the good news of Jesus. Because what we do matters. Advancing the gospel matters. Our mission matters. And so let's dedicate ourselves to that task for the glory of Christ and the sake of others around us who don't know him. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of invitation and time of response. And if that today, if, if, if that's a burden of your heart, I want to encourage you that you would you would go to the Lord in prayer. Remember we said one of the ways that we encourage each other and, and we advance the gospel together is through prayer. And if God is stirring you today, I want to encourage you that you would go to the Lord in prayer. Pray for our church. Pray for others around you. Pray that God would use you and what your part might be in working together to advance the gospel so that people may know Jesus by faith. They may trust in him and surrender their lives to him. Our altar will be open as we sing the song of invitation if you want to come here and pray. Maybe today God is stirring your heart and he's telling you that you need to join our church. You need to get connected at First Baptist. You need to submit your life here by putting down roots and, 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 and growing those connections and getting plugged in and involved. Maybe for you it's you're looking for a place to serve. You're looking for a place to get connected. Whatever it may be, however God may be working in your heart today, however he may be stirring, I want to encourage you that you would you would be obedient to his direction this morning as we sing. And if you're here this morning and God is stirring your heart that you have never taken that first step by responding to this very good news that we, that we preach about, this very good news, this hope of Christ that Paul says is the foundation of his work and his ministry. If you've never responded in faith to Jesus, and I would encourage you that this morning, even as we sing, that you would come forward. Let us pray with you a prayer of commitment that you might dedicate your life to Christ and then begin to partner with others to advance his kingdom and share that message with those who don't know him. However God is speaking to you today, I want to encourage you to respond in obedience to him in a moment during that time of response. Would you join me now in a word of prayer? Lord, we are grateful that we can partner our lives together because you have called us to be one. You have called us to serve each other and serve your kingdom. Help us do that effectively. That we might advance the gospel here in our local community. And even be a part of advancing the gospel to the ends of the earth. Jesus, use us. Stir in our hearts. Move in us, we pray now. As we respond in faith and obedience to you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's